welcome to the Hopeful Living Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Merck, and I'm so glad you found your way here. This podcast is a daughter, a sister, a wife, and a mother's journey through loving someone with the disease of addiction. I will share my experiences, strength, and hope as I navigated my own recovery from being addicted to the addict. Thank you so much for listening. everyone and welcome back. It's been a while. I'm happy that you've come back and I'm excited to share a new topic with you. Um, This podcast is going to be around the three C's. So what are the three C's? The three C's are um, I can't control it. I can't cure it. I didn't cause it but I might have contributed to it. And these um, three C's usually come from a group meeting that I attend. And the first time I heard the three C's, I thought, how in the world? I know I can't control it. I know I can't cure it because I've tried to do all those things. And I'm pretty sure I didn't cause it, even though I had thoughts in my head that if I'd have been better at this or been better at that, or if maybe I'd done this, I wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't have happened. Um, But I gum sure can't figure out how I contributed to it. And I was like, I was really mad the first time I heard that. I was like, no way I contributed to it. There is no way that I contributed to any type of addiction. Um, alcoholism, drug addiction, any of those things. I'm sensitive. I'm kind. I do everything for the people. How could I possibly have contributed? So it took me a little while to get past that. Um, and I listened for a really long time. Um, And eventually, as I went through therapy and small group and talked to lots of people, read lots of material, and just immersed myself into that world of recovery, I began to understand that what I really am, the the clinical name is empath, Um, otherwise known as an enabler. Uh, My true color is blue, uh, otherwise known as compassionate, sensitive, you know, fill in the blank, all of those things. I did begin to understand that I was the chief enabler in my house um, for all the people, children, husband, um, pets, even my dogs know it. Um, I tease about that a lot in my groups and any of my friends have heard that too. Um, I mean, I wear the t-shirt. I am definitely an enabler. Um, I did not understand what that meant um, and how that affects the world around me. Um, until I began to seek help for how to understand addiction and my part in um, that whole addiction world. So let me just talk for just a few minutes about how I might have contributed to my husband's addiction. Um, For those that don't know, I lost my husband. um, It would be three years ago this November could be four, I think it's three, um, to suicide. He did commit suicide, um, was an active alcoholic, um, and I'm not here in any way to bash my husband. My my son um, is very aware of, of this podcast and all of the things and is in very much support of it. So this is not about bashing. This is about understanding where I w- was in this process and how I enabled behavior to hopefully help you understand where you might be in your journey too. So how did I um, contribute to my husband's uh, continued addiction? 
His was mostly alcohol. Um, I supported the entire house household because he struggled, struggled to keep a job um, due to severe depression um, and active addiction to alcohol. And I just justified that in my head as I'm keeping the house going. You know, I've got children, I've got a husband, it's just what I'm supposed to do. Um, so I was able to justify that in my head. Um, I looked for jobs for him. I did. I did not understand that that was not a behavior that I should be doing. Um, I saw it as a way of helping, um, not enabling until I learned better. And one of my favorite quotes is, when you know better, you do better. But I did. I actively looked for jobs for him. Um, I explained away his behavior, any behavior that was not um, in line with what I thought or friends were over or family was over. I just explained it away you know, in my head, in my mind, and actually verbally to people that were in our house. So explained away addictive behavior, alcoholism, you know, those kinds of things. Um, I made excuses for why he didn't socialize. Um, you know, if he would, if my family was over and he would go and just retreat to the bedroom um, and stay there and not talk, not be social, I would just explain that away as, you know, he's tired, he's whatever, fill in the blank. Um <clears throat> And I will say, I did try to buy things to make him happy. Food, whatever, just fill in the blank. Anything that I could potentially think that could make him happy. <clears throat> I now understand that you don't make people happy, but that is, that is something that I did. And that is how I contributed to my husband. So how do I contribute to my children? Um, I would like to think that I'm doing better with my younger son um, because I do know better uh, and I'm trying to be very self-aware about these things. But these are some of the things that I did with my children. I problem solved and rescued so that they didn't fall. Um, you know, if, if especially my older son, if he was um, failing in school um, or not doing well in an academic area, I would, I would email his teachers um, instead of teaching him to self-advocate. Um, you know, just, it, just any of those kinds of things, just rescuing him before a natural consequence could happen. Um, my boundaries were very loose and they were easily broken. Um, they knew it. I taught them the rules of our relationship very, very well, especially my older son. You know, he knew exactly how to say what to say and uh, when to say it to get me, you know, to break my boundary. Um, and I did that. So I contributed to that. That's not his problem. That was my problem. Um, and there was just a lack of natural consequences. Just when you make a choice, what's the consequence? And how do I help you problem solve through that consequence instead of me swooping in and solving the problems? I would like to say that because I am aware, very self-aware of these things about me, that I don't ever do them anymore. Uh, I'm, I don't ever try to swoop in and save or make them not feel sad. Um, I'm better at it, but I'm still not great. It's a work in progress. Just like theirs is one day at a time, so is mine. Um, so you might be thinking, like I did, how do those things contribute? I don't understand. You're being kind. You're helping them solve problems. I used to think that. I'm so kind. Why are they so mean to me? Why are they so, you know, all the things. Just fill in the blank for, for what you would think. Um, because what I've learned is that it teaches them to be dependent on me. 
it teaches them a lack of natural consequences, which equals no lesson learned, which is contributes to not making a different choice. Um, if you have a natural consequence to something, you will make a different choice or you will continue to have that consequence. And I robbed them of that. Um, it teaches them that I actually don't think that they are capable of taking care of their own life without me. I would never, when that first came up for me, it was um, very eye-opening. I would never consider that. Um, I was in any way teaching them that they weren't capable because I absolutely believed that my husband was capable, my children are capable, um, but I inadvertently, very quietly, began to plant the seed in their mind that if she has to take over for me, obviously she thinks I'm not capable. And so they learn to believe that they may not be capable of solving their own problems without me. Um, that was a really, really difficult time uh, in my recovery when I began to understand that that's what I was teaching them because it was so far off what I believed about my children. Um, and that's when I really began to understand boundaries and understand why I do those things and why it's important to have steady boundaries because it's good for everyone. It teaches them to be self-responsible and not dependent on me. So then the question becomes, as we dig deeper, why do I do that? Why? Why do I do that? Why do I rescue and solve people, solve problems for people, especially my children, my husband, you know, anywhere, anywhere? Why do I do that? Well, what I learned is that it fuels the need for me. It gives me that little hit of dopamine, same thing as, a, as a, an addict. When they take their first drink, they get their first hit, they, they're high, they get that little rush of dopamine. Same thing happens for me. When I solve a problem for somebody or I feel that sense of they need me, um, it gives me that same hit of dopamine that they may experience. Um, it actually means that I am addicted to the addict. Just like they're addicted to their substance of choice, I was addicted to the drama, the chaos that surrounded that and how I could control, cure, solve, whatever. Um, so once I learned that, it was like, what is my reward for problem solving? My reward was I felt needed and I felt accomplished and I felt so, but I was taking that away from my loved ones, my husband, my, my son, was actually taking that away from them and giving it to myself. Um, that was a huge revelation for me and very, very hard to understand because it actually is counterintuitive to everything I believed as a parent and as, as a wife, a sister, you know, um, all of those things. Um, so then the question was, so how do I stop doing that? I don't know how to not do that. Um, the first thing was just awareness. It took me a long time to just accept that that's actually really what happens, is that I feel good about myself when I solve their problems. Um, I had to admit that I actually was an enabler and that it's not a bad thing. It's just understanding that that's what I am um, and how do I help but not enable and understanding when it is help and when it is enabling. If it is something they can do for themselves, it's enabling. If it's when they come and ask for advice and, and solicit 
your advice, not, not unsolicited, but solicit your advice, that is helping. If you're offering advice and problem solving, that's enabling. Um, so it is a very fine line and not one. That's a whole nother podcast um, for enabling versus helping. I became self-aware of my triggers. Um, big triggers for me are when my loved ones feel sad. Uh, if I'm, I'm afraid that they're sad and I don't want them, them to be sad, um, making a choice that might lead to a consequence that I don't want them to have to have. Um, those are big, huge triggers for me. Um, sadness is actually an emotion that everyone feels. And how we learn to work through sadness is actually a critical life skill that I actually took away from my children um, because I didn't want them to feel sad. Brene Brown talks a lot about sitting in the dark with someone and not turning on the light. Just sit with them. Let them be sad. Just sit beside of them and be in the dark with them. Don't turn the light on. I was a light turner on her, if you want to say that. I turned on the light quickly because to sit with somebody that was in a vulnerable place, crying or sad, was very, very difficult for me. I did not want them to feel sad. Um, but it is a natural part of life and how we live and how we get up from that sadness or how we problem solve. And um, so, Anyway, those are big triggers for me. Your triggers may be something different, uh, but those are the ones that really trigger me. So I have to be very conscious about those. Um, I did find a counselor to help me learn techniques to recognize old behavior and how to stop and understand what I'm trying to avoid. Because typically when I'm enabling, I'm trying to avoid something. Um, avoid a feeling of, oh no, what if my kid makes a choice that's going to lead to a consequence that I'm not able to deal with? Um, you know, fill in the blank. So I'm avoiding something, um, either acknowledging that there's a problem or acknowledging that my husband was an active alcoholic, um, and very much in the closet about it, a very hidden addiction, um, that my son was in active addiction. Um, whatever I'm trying to avoid usually leads to defaulting to enabling, problem solving, those kinds of things. Um, and one of the biggest things for me was learning to have an open relationship with myself that was healthy and honest and that I could give myself the grace that I needed to say, okay, so here's where I am right now. I feel like I want to problem solve something for somebody that really can do this on their own. So where do I need to go? What do I need to do? What are my techniques? What are my resources? If it's going outside, going barefoot and grounding myself outside in the grass for a while, um, a lot of times I'll do that. Um, it just gives myself a minute to separate from the situation and not enable either with money, um, you know, just fill in the blank. I, I can enable in lots of, lots of different ways. But you have to start with being honest with yourself that it is a problem and um, give yourself some grace as you learn how to, um, to work through that. So I hope this helps you understand um, just a little bit about the three C's. There's a lot to unpack with the three C's um, and how you contribute to um, your loved one's addiction. Uh, and I hope this helps you get a... a, a 
beginning understanding of that. And in future podcasts, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into some of the ways that I have um, really problem solved not contributing to toxic behavior. Thank you for listening to the Hopeful Living Podcast. If someone you know might benefit from hearing this podcast, please share. And until next time, I wish you all the best.